Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome on into Critical Thinking. It is the 18th of August, year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Andrew Coppins. He is Pat Oni. You know the drill by now. You can watch on Rumble. You can download via podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Make sure you are downloading, you're rating, you're reviewing. Folks, that is literally how we get recognized by more and more people. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, Pat. Uh, the goal here is to build a movement of people who like to critically think through the news, through um, the culture, through the things that are happening within America and the world writ large. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I mean, in an ideal world, yeah, that that would be what we're trying to do. But um, with the way the world's going, I'm feeling like critical thinking is a uh, skill that is lacking among many. Right. So make critical thinking great again or whatever you want to do it. Um, But. You can always follow us on social media, and if you're watching on Rumble, you know exactly how to do so. Um, he's at the Patoni Show. I'm at the Coppin Show, except for on Instagram. Instagram, we have a show account that is at Critical Thinking Show. Um, so follow along with us, discuss throughout the day. Uh, we love to engage with you guys. Um, with that being said, this is a deep dive Thursday. We're going to have a couple of topics on this uh, shorter deep dive Thursday. Um, so why don't we get into it, Pat? Um, because you presented a, an article, at least the headline of this article drew me in from intellectual takeout and it's how, when do we come together again or put another way, Pat? I, I, I think the way that I would have phrased this headline is what does a unified America look like? Yeah. It, it, it's a question I think a lot of people are asking. It's ah, I want to stop right there. Mm. I want to stop right there. Okay. Why do you say that? Why do you say that this is a um something that is unifying? Why do you say that a lot of people are asking that question? Well, I, I say that because when I talk to friends, families, neighbors, and, and any semblance of politics comes up, one of the things that they often say is that they we are the most divided that we've ever been, ever. Okay. And a lot of them ask this question, what does it take? What does it take and for what? What does it take for what would it, what would it take for America to unite again? To be less divided. What, what what would it take to do that? Okay. I, and I, and I, I see your lived experience. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing with this is that I live in a completely ultra liberal city. Right. And so you're, 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 you're different. You're going to have a very different experience than I'm going to have. Right. And that's my point. I, I wonder if, <clears throat> I wonder if you, experiencing people asking that question is more about lived experience than actual experience because i firmly believe that most people in america are not considering this topic at all and they should because we have the powerful elite inside the gop hating its own base right we have a lack of faith in any of the institutions in this country and we're going to get into that in a little bit in in more detail we have a lack of faith in this country. And I find it 
not ironic, not happenstance. I find it almost prophetic that as we have been trying to think through these questions ourselves, Pat, that I have been reading uh, The American Story, The Beginning by uh, David Barton and, and his brother. Um, and it's, it's shorter chapters, and it's easy to digest material because it's just a lot of source material and understanding. But what do most Americans think of from the time of the pilgrims in Jamestown to 1776? What, what are most Americans' thought processes when it comes to that? That we were a unified group of people with a unified message and liberty, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness from the time of the pilgrims to 1776 as we fight this war, right, for independence. It was a minority of people, though. I'm not going down that road. Because the reality of what took place from Plymouth and Jamestown, which were two completely different types of colonies, by the way. One of them thrived and the other didn't, right? The other one went away. The Jamestown colony, it literally devolved into cannibalism. It devolved into starvation, death, um, war with Indians, and, and all that, right? Whereas the Plymouth colony while blown way off course from where they wanted to go, right? Ends up in a place that is vastly different. The quote-unquote stolen land was <clears throat> once occupied by a tribe that had been wiped out just prior to their arrival, by the way, wiped out by disease. Completely wiped out by disease, that was already in America or what we would call America later on, right? They arrive there. They find a friendly tribe who happens to have somebody who speaks English because he had been um, captured and was in England, learned the English language, was able to help foster growth and, and whatever, right? But... From those two divergent points, we also see Maryland, Pennsylvania, all of the differing colonies, right? All of them founded on different things, right? The Plymouth uh, way of life, the Puritan way of life, very different than the Quaker way of life, than the Anglican way of life, than what was happening in Maryland, where Catholicism was a big thing, Delaware, where there was a plurality of religion, uh, Connecticut formed because they wanted something different than Massachusetts. The, the point is that there was a lot of diversity of re religion when it comes to Christianity, okay, coming to America. But in between all of that foundational time frame and 1776, most people don't know <clears throat> that these colonies went way off course. Way off course. They, they you know, the, just debauchery, death, war, fighting. It was insane. The, the times were really insane and really intense. Then there was another spiritual awakening in America called the First Great Awakening. Most of us learn about the Great Awakening of the 18, what, 30s, 40s, right? <clears throat> Most of us learn about that in our course of our American history courses that we, that we get in, in school. At least I did. I, I don't know about you. But, no, I did. But I, I um, want people to understand this. This, this country, has, this is not unique to our time, and that's my point. The, no, it's not. We are not living um, in necessarily unique times. America has experienced the need for awakening, the need for unity, the need for betterment. Revival. We have fallen into the spirit of the age. And the spirit of the age is not just 
a metaphor for today. This is a metaphor for the devil's work being done in whatever age it exists. The spirit right. of the age of the, the, the time of, you know, the pilgrims, right? That spirit of the age would have been the absolutely despotic religious reign of the king of England. And monarchy in, in general throughout Europe. That would have been the spirit of that age. The spirit of the age of the, the 1960s. Clearly, we know what that is. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. What was the spirit of the age of the 1940s, right? Or the 19 or the 1900s, really? Or then early all the way through about 1950, let's say. The first half of the century. Eugenics. Nazi. Right? All of those things were the spirit of the age. And right. the spirit of the age took hold almost everywhere, by the way. We, here in America, were holding Nazi rallies in the 1920s and 30s. Madison Square Garden famously, infamously, held one of the largest Nazi rallies in the world. And we don't, no, we don't talk about that. We never talk about it. We don't talk about the fact that America was not united at certain points in our history. And we don't do that because we like to tell the fairy tale of right. unity. And then, we, and then, you know, the spirit of the age evolved into communism. Mm-hmm. And we're still so, fighting that kind of tyranny. Right. And then we find the tyranny of the 1760s, right? The 1756 to 1780s, if you will, which... A minority of people stood up and said, no, 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 we're not taking that. And they won. They beat back their spirit of the age. So ultimately what I come down to is, as to your point, Pat, people talk about how do we unify? What does unity look like? For me, they're asking the wrong question. We don't have to be unified we have to have commonality and we have to agree upon the rules there's not that's not unity we have to agree that we're playing in the same sandbox that's all we have to do because i as a libertarian you as more conservative the other person being more liberal as long as we agree that the, this is the sandbox that we play in as long as we believe in <clears throat> certain principles and we don't violate that in the pursuit of our political philosophical ideals. And as long as we are not enforcing things that are outside the bounds of that sandbox, that's all we need for unity, right? That's all we need. That's not unity though. What that is, is diversity and principle at work. How did we get to the unity of 13 individual colonies coming together, right, to fight a revolutionary war? And oh, by the way, 11 of the 13 colonies founded on Christianity, period. <clears throat> that was the unity. It was the, we're playing in the sandbox of natural rights given to us by Christianity, vis-a-vis -vis the Ten Commandments, vis-a-vis -vis whatever, right? If you look at almost all early law written here, it had everything to do with following commandments, following the tenets of Christianity, right? That was the quote-unquote unity, but there was a large disagreement about how to practice that unity, right? The Quaker movement, the all of the things that we've talked about, the differences in sects of Christianity that existed. There were still vast differences between the people, vast and sometimes really dangerous differences to the point where they would go and fight kind of differences. But they always came back to this, the unifying principles of the Bible, the unifying principles of Christianity, the unifying principles of that natural rights, that unifying principle of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, if you will. <clears throat> the the interesting part, because I mean, you're, you're you're talking about faith, religion, uniting people. We were a very different nation in those times, though, 
in in that were we as secular as we are today? Right. I would argue no. Oh, a hundred percent, you are correct. One hundred percent, we're living through different times. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We are living through a much more secular time, and the spirit of today's age is secular, right? The spirit of the olden right. age had much more to do with, um, less with a worldview battle and more of a how battle, if you will, right? Monarchy versus freedom or whatever. We're dealing with very, very biblical times right now. We are very, we are dealing with spiritual warfare. We are dealing with a worldview type of a situation here. That's what we're dealing with, and it's vastly different. Um, but I, all of this is to say, for me, <clears throat> the we're asking the wrong questions. We're asking the wrong questions. We're looking to the wrong people to find these solutions. The solutions are us. We know this. We have right. to know this because <clears throat> as I talk about in reviving Liberty all the time, why am I focusing in on your relationship with God? Why am I fo focusing in on you getting right with your principles, you being prepared, you being a pillar of that that beacon of individual liberty, right? You being a thing that spreads and grows liberty. It's because that's the only way here, because it's a worldview fight. And if you don't believe in the worldview of liberty and you don't believe in the worldview um, that is being stamped out right now, and you can't stand up and fight for it, it's all lost. It has nothing to do with life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, per se. While those are good tenets and good things to understand, it has to do with, do you believe in self-governance? Do you believe in natural rights? Do you believe in personal freedom and economic freedom? Those four things. Ask yourself those four things. And we are not asking ourselves those four things as a society. Why? Because we are looking to everybody else to solve our problems, everybody else to be the answer. And we're unwilling as a larger society to take those steps, to look internally, to ask ourselves those hard questions and do something about it. And a prime example of this, Pat, is very simple. Do you have an HOA? If you do, no. are you involved in the HOA? Do you, do you have a block committee, right? Are you involved in that committee? Are you involved in Neighborhood Watch? Are you involved in the simplest of governance in your society, wherever you live? Are you involved by going to town meetings? Are you involved by voting in those elections? Are you involved by running for your school board or paying attention to what the school board is doing? Are you asking questions of your uh, child's teachers, right? Are you demanding curriculum? Are you demanding this? Are you... Are you willing to stand? Are you willing to do something? Are you willing to be active? And by and large, no, because we just assume other people know more than you or I might know about a certain subject. So let's leave it to them. How's that, <laughs> how's that been working out? So Not how well. do we come together? How do we unify? The only way that we unify, in my viewpoint, is by actually having this fight, this worldview fight. Two worldviews enter. One is absolute tyranny. The other is liberty. And we duke it out. It's going to get messy. It's going to get ugly. And what happens if we don't like the result? That is the question that we have to ask ourselves. For me, you know, Pat, um, this article brings up some good points here. Um you know, talking about um, extremism, talking about the 1960s, talking about George Floyd, right? So I want you to think about this because in certain surveys that are out there, as the article points out, confidence in the Supreme Court is down to 25%, falling by a third. Only a fourth of the country retained high confidence in the presidency. So one in one in four. Confidence plummeted to just 7% for Congress. One in every 14 Americans is quote-unquote confident 
in Congress. One in six have great confidence in our newspapers, and only one in nine believe the same thing about television news. In other words, if we were to poll the American people about all of the institutions, if you will, all of the things that are supposed to be the, the guideposts, the sandbox, um, the, the, the institutions that help us form the society we live in, right? Can you name a single institution, including academia, by the way? He doesn't even talk about that in this article. Can you name anything that the American people can grasp onto and believe to be good, right, and righteous? Because it's not the church, less than 50% of people believe the church is healthy. So my answer to this, Pat, is we have to have a third great awakening. And that great awakening can be spiritual, but it must be worldview. So the churches must stand up for liberty. The We must demand that liberty is the guidepost. And we can disagree about how best to institute that liberty. But if we are unwilling to fight for that, the spirit of the age wins and the national divorce happens because there is no way in hell the Alabama, you know, Alabama by and large, or Mississippi, or you know, pick deep red America, right, uh, is going down the road of all of those woke things. Now, do some of them exist in those in those areas? Absolutely. But it's the most liberal, liberal, little tiny part of those those areas that this is happening in. It's either we have the fight, we have a great awakening, whether that's spiritual or intellectual, or we're dead. It, that's my reality. What say you? Well, you and I, I think, had a lot of the very similar thoughts. Um, I will say one thing with in regards to this article, I didn't find much substance to it. No, I had um, a lot of potential, right? Lots of potential right. here because it is an important thing. Right. But at the end of the day, w- was there a solution offered? No, no. it's just here's not, all not the things close. that I want to bitch about. Right. I mean, the most important paragraph is probably the last one. And it's, a paragraph that just asks a few questions. But from what listening to you for the last few minutes, those questions really seem kind of moot. Yeah. Do they uh, matter? And it, it, yeah. And so, so my, my thing is this, I live in a very different area than you do. And so I think there are people, especially in, in areas like where I live are wanting some semblance of, having this uh you know this this dissatisfied this this ununifying this this disruptive um uh narratives of of life mm-hmm. stop they 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 want they want to go back to their lives they want to be left alone they they want to feel like the country is in a good place and that everyone is unified again not saying that they agree on it, every issue because mm-hmm. that that'll never happen, but that they mm-hmm. have some semblance like like they can play in that same sandbox, build their own sandcastle, and not be, um, not not have their 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 progress and their way of life trampled on by somebody else. Yeah, and, and, that, and, and that sandbox metaphor is great, right? Build right. I can build my sandcastle how I want. You don't right. have a right to come tear it down because you don't like how you I want like- to live. Right, And I look at that from the perspective of, I cannot, so there's a difference between um, evangelizing, mm-hmm. running a mission, right, and literally forcing my, my worldview or my, not my worldview, forcing my Christianity down somebody's throat and making right. them e- either you are Christian or submit. That's not what I'm talking about. I can live in a society in which 
okay, you don't believe in Christianity, but you believe in all of the pillars that Christianity has given us, all of the natural rights, all of the 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 sandbox, right? Do you believe right. in the sandbox? And that's why we look at um, that one woman, right, that was asked about um, Roe versus Wade in the Constitution, right? Mm. And, and she right. readily admits, that's not just a one-off, and we've talked about this in the past. And I keep going back to that because I want people to understand she is a that is a representative statement for a lot of people that are on the left today. She said out loud what they actually believe. It just so happened to be said on camera for the first time in a very long time. If you sit down with somebody on the far left who might be diametrically opposed to you, but you ask them basic questions about the Constitution, about republicanism, about, um, and I don't mean the GOP, I mean the republic for which we are supposed to stand. You ask them about, do they believe in personal freedom? Do they believe in economic freedom? Do they believe in, like we talked about the, the billionaires, right? Yesterday on the program, um, where an individual literally says that billionaires shouldn't exist. Why? Right? Those are the types, of th that is one worldview it does it's incongruent to the other they don't believe that you have the right to do that should you choose so i guess i guess the better question is i mean because we're we're using the sandbox metaphor it seems like here right you know what is the sandbox now what right. is it? that it, it, that's where we're at and that's right. the point i don't know you can i don't know if you can come back unless we actually physically have these conversations as my fellow americans and I had somebody, man, you must be a lot of fun at parties. Oh, I'm a whole hell of a lot of fun. But I also take seriously a role that we all have to play in either cooling the temperature or accelerating. And what do I mean by that? If somebody else is having a conversation in, at a party, right, am I just supposed to sit there and let them disparage liberty and talk insane no but i don't have my responsibility would be to confront with meekness right ask right. them the questions that we are asking you to ask other people do you believe that somebody should be economically free do you believe in natural rights do you believe in the constitution do you believe that these things are good right and just if you don't, we live in separate societies, and I don't need to converse with you anymore. If you, through the course of that conversation, actually think and go, yeah, you know, I do believe in those things. Okay, then then why do you believe what you just spoke about, right? Why, why did you say those things? Unfortunately, we live in some very serious times, and there are times for fun. We have lots of fun on the show, Pat, right? Lots oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what we don't do, though? We don't shirk our responsibility to stand up for critical thinking, to stand up for liberty, to stand up for the principles of natural rights, of self-governance, of personal responsibility and freedom, <coughs> and economic freedom. <coughs> we just don't. So I, I agree with the idea that I don't know that we can just unify again, because we, we don't even know what the sandbox is. We don't even know what those principles are that that we could all simply unify around that being said i mean i don't think we're necessarily headed towards a national divorce either i don't i don't foresee that being allowed to just happen um so i i don't i where do you go from here how do you get back we need a great awakening but how do you how do you spark that great awakening to happen well, that's what reviving liberty is about, right? I'm giving you that right. blueprint to spark it because it is internal. And, and that's what I want people to understand. Now, I also agree with you, Pat. <clears throat> the argument of our government is that, well, we can add whatever we want. We can't subtract whatever we want, right? 
Like right. we could add whatever state, whatever principality, or not principality, but whatever territory, whatever, whatever, whatever. We can do that, right? We we get to do that all we want, but oh hell no! <clears throat> Once you join the union, you ain't getting out. Right now, also alternatively, um, to answer the question about the spark, my fear is that it's something violent, one way or the other. Um, whether that is something violent done towards people of that liberty mindset or something done by the absolute fringe that will be able to be used as see those liberty-minded people are all extremists. That is my worry. And that's why I talk about how do you tamp down the temperature? How do you do that? It is by having conversations. That's how you do it. And conversations can be confrontational. They can be heated. But they can't be violent. We have to have these in our own communities because it's not just red state, blue state. It's literally 60-40 or 51-49 in every community in America almost. Right. The interesting part, because you're bringing up like, well, this is going to end up in violence pretty much no matter what we do. This this idea that 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 that's what could have very well happen, and that that's part of my fear as well. But my my other fear is, what if this happens via like a Pearl Harbor or an eleven? Um, you know, what is is going to be something like that that unites us? Is it going to be something like with Taiwan or Ukraine or or something along those lines to where it involves us in such a way that that unites us? I, I don't know that I want to go down those roads either because we're just not in a great position to be able to fight those battles. And and especially when we hear as a country, I don't know if you've seen like the Avengers Infinity War or Avengers Endgame or anything like that, but, but what breaks them up is and what makes them lose is that the Avengers break up for a time. Um, they're not unified. It takes it takes unity and a a desperate effort to to finally win at the end of the day. Can America do something like that? I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Culturally speaking, we are in some serious trouble. And and Yes, you and I talk about reviving liberty, and I think that is a great spark for for our culture today. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But there are going to be those that no matter what we do are going to refuse to be a part of that, that are going to reject it. And then not only will they reject it, they will fight tooth and nail for the spirit of the age. And so what kind of dark road does that take us down? Yeah, I mean, abs- absolutely, Pat. I, I, I think I, I try to also frame it this way when we talk about liberty, when we talk about these things. Liberty is light. <clears throat> Tyranny is darkness. If you want to go down these roads. But sometimes, in order for that light to shine, you've got to dig deep into some darkness. You have to be willing, and I talked about it this this week on the show. You have to be willing to be confrontational. That's dark, right? You have to be willing to, to, to say no. No, no, nope. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what you want. I don't care about your I want a culture. I don't care. We're not doing that. Me and my kid, my kids are going out of your school. We're doing this. We're doing that. Nope. You need to take a position in your church. I'm not Protestant, but I know that a lot of Protestant churches have like elders or whatever in their church, right? You need to become one of them. You need to stand up to your pastor and say, where in the hell is the light? Why are we talking about wokeness? What You need to... If you want to make that light shine, the church is where it starts. 
It has always started there in America. That is the lesson that I hope you understand about what I was talking about early on in the show when I brought up the example of of the time from the pilgrims to the the um you know spirit of 76 if you will it was darkness light lightness gave us the spirit of 65 and or 56 into um you know all the way into the revolution right and whom influenced the son of liberty the sons of liberty the in, you know who did it george whitfield who is george whitfield to american history if you don't know you look it up he was a pastor who preached to thousands of people at a time all throughout the country literally evangelizing across the country in the 1700s folks i want you to think about that evangelizing to crowds of five, seven, as large as 9,000 people. The influence of the Sons of Liberty was from the pulpit. It always comes from there. At least if you believe in a liberty mindset, in a liberty movement. Why? Because for us believers, even if you're a non-believer, who, who gave us the ultimate sign of liberty? Jesus Christ. We were liberated for our sin. He died on a cross. That's the ultimate sign of liberty. He took on all of our sin so that our sin be forgiven, right? He took it on so that we have that liberty. Liberty is literally coming all history tells us this. It's not about nostalgia for me, Pat. It's not. It has nothing Your to do with nostalgia. It has everything to do with our ability to take a look at the blueprint that was set up, right? What how do we we, we always talk about this? Those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, right? We talk about this all the time. The reason that exists is because history sometimes gives us a blueprint of what is successful and what is unsuccessful. And can you take the broader blueprint and move it into your time for the spirit of this age? That's the question we need to ask. We don't need a spirit of 76 in this country. We really don't. We really don't, Pat. What do we need? We need the spirit of the age of 65. The spirit of the age where the Sons of Liberty said, no more. The spirit of the age shall not pass anymore. Oh, sure. They attempted things, right? But we did mass. The, the Boston Tea Party. We did all of these things, right? All the way until we actually went through a revolution. Simply because they were taught to stand up, to show power, to make the other side, to make the other side, the spirit of the age side, cower in the fear that we are cowering in right now. Make no mistake about it, Pat. We are far, far, far too weak. And how do I know it? How many of us, despite all the science, despite all these things, said, you know what? Ah, shit. You know what? I'm going to put that mask on to go here or, or do this. We made that physical decision. I did it. I didn't want to get fined $250 just simply walking out of my, um, out of my unit without a mask on during the, the height of the COVID restrictions. I didn't feel like that every single time. $250? I want you to think, like, I thought about that. I was that weak. But I also didn't have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to say no, no, nope. Or more importantly, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to take on my own HOA. Or the public health department here in Chicago. 
but but at the same time, like I I hear what you're saying because I found myself in similar positions. Right. At the same time, there are other ways to fight. Oh, exactly, a hundred percent. And that's where I was going with this, right? We mm. we show we as a we love liberty. You know, uh, everybody with an American flag on their show or their podcast, and blah 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 blah. What have you done to fight the fight? That can be an internal thing. It can be an external thing. What have you changed about yourself? What have you become in tune to? What have you been willing to stand up for? What have what what is that red line, if you will? What is that thing that is you shall not pass? I don't know. Now, do you want to end uh, today's show with a little B or not the B, Pat? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. So today's headline is kindergarten teacher asks kids what gender they want to be when they grow up. Kindergarten teacher asks kids what gender they want to be when they grow up. And while you are thinking about whether that is the B or not the B, Pat, um, I encourage every single one of you to visit small businesses. The, the next step on the path towards reviving liberty is to do business with those that won't insult you. Do business with those that won't insult you. There's a great business that will not insult you. They may make fun of you, but they're not going to insult your intelligence. They're not going to insult their customer. And that is American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. Go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com, the official coffee of critical thinking. That's right, the official coffee of Critical Thinking, AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Check out the coffee drops. Check them out. Uh, DMX and DM and uh, those involved in that business um, are slowly ramping things back up. Um, it's amazing what the devastation of a tornado can do. Uh, you know, what, how devastating a tornado could be, I should say. Um, but they're back up. They're running. They're they're doing their, their business. So, again, AmericanPrideRoasters.com, historically great coffee endorsed here on critical thinking all right pat do you need the headline one more time no because that was a softball i'm gonna hit this one out of the park it's gonna be a grand slam okay, okay pat let's be real what? if you if what? you if you did anything it was probably hit one out of the infield you know i i find your lack of faith disturbing um but you also find my lack or my Dead on honesty, um, frightening. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, a little bit because I I didn't play baseball growing up, so yeah. So in other words, I will uh, I'll, I'll slam dunk it. Let, let's do that. Um, you can't jump, Pat. How do you know? Have you ever seen me play? Have you seen the documentary White Men Can't Jump? It's not a documentary. What? That is not a documentary. I thought that was about like Los Angeles, uh, you know, playground basketball culture. It, it, it will. It it was, but it was also about a dude gambling his life away playing basketball. Hmm. Yeah. So you're telling and, me that wasn't real. Right. And I'm pretty sure Woody Harrelson can't play ball like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm going to slam dunk this one. This is the Babylon Bee. You are correct. Now, I I have. So here's the thing. They chose Winneka, Illinois um, as the uh, byline. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Do you know any piece of trivia that involves Winneka, Illinois? I've never heard of Winneka, Illinois, let alone knowing. A so piece there's of two things. Have you ever watched the league? From FX. The, no. The show about fantasy football and like the friends and all that. No, I haven't. Okay. Number one, um, they all went to their, their lifelong friends, graduated from North Winneka High. Not a real high school, by the way. But uh, but yes. Okay. Fr- so suburbs, right? Winneka, Illinois. Uh, okay. Here's the other piece of trivia. Winneka, Illinois is also the home of the Home Alone House. No kidding. Yeah, it's yeah. That 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 movie was filmed in that house. 
Is it a suburb of Chicago? Yeah. And thirdly, um, I have great friends of mine who moved from the city to Winneka, Illinois, and live a block and a half away from that house. (laughs) So um, the other piece of trivia here is I'm going to be able to ask them if this is true or not, too, by the way, because I I have a feeling that some kindergarten teacher would actually do this. But according to sources in Winneka, Illinois, a local kindergarten teacher, Marion Buntley, helped to expand her young students' minds by asking them to draw a picture of what gender they want to be when they grow up. <clears throat> Quote, okay, kids, I want you to use your imagination, said Bluntly to the confused children. You can be any gender you want. What gender would you like to be someday? Witnesses say one student who is allegedly a boy raised his hand and asked, what's gender mix Bluntly? Nobody knows, Timmy, replied the teacher. Gender can mean literally anything because gender means nothing. Just draw a picture of your heart's uh, deepest desire and I'll get the GSA counselor and Planned Parenthood clinician to start your transition immediately. The assignment confirmed that the class held four butterflies, six dinosaurs, two G.I. Joes, seven trees, five Nintendo Switches, two cookies, three pizzas, and one pirate stabbing another pirate. At publishing time, the teacher had recorded a TikTok video bragging that all 30 of her students were now members of the LGBTQ plus community. <laughs> That's probably the most the, the real thing. You know that. And again, um, one of the things that I talk about in Reviving Liberty Pad is mm-hmm. do what? Shine a light. We don't even have to do that anymore. Honest to God, all we have to do is look for what they talk about because they are literally dying to get in front of a camera. And that's how I know that that is rotted. That's how I know that that is not good culture. Good culture doesn't care about being uh, viral all the time. Doesn't care about this, the self-importance to get on TikTok to, to let everybody know uh, about your gender, to let everybody know about how you groom your students your kids as they like to call them that's how i know that that's rotted if you're a good teacher like i it's one thing to talk about your teaching technique or one thing to hey i had this really cool experience or whatever that's different that is a different thing than i'm breaking about literally doing something to my students do you know what i'm saying like if right. a normal teacher doesn't care about that, the normal teacher cares about impacting the life and the education of the student in going about their day. Like Mrs. Pat, for example, I don't mm-hmm. see Mrs. Pat getting on TikTok and being like, hey, man, you know what I did today to my students? No, but these no. people can't help themselves they just have to get in front of a camera to let you know just how lgbtq plus elemental p tiptilda ampersand plus sign they are and how influential they are to their students lives because that's their virtue they get virtue out of that right right could definitely see this actually happening in winneka illinois totally could see it so and, I'll I'll, uh, um, I'll I'll ask and report back later. I mean, can you can you also not see a kindergarten teacher asking her kids what gender they want to be when they grow up at this point in time? Whether it's yeah. in Winneka or in some other crazy place, can can you seriously tell me that you can't see a kindergarten teacher actually asking her little kids that? I can. Because I can totally see it happening. Now, I want to leave you with this headline, Pat. Uh, 44% Uh of pregnancies lost during Pfizer's COVID vaccine trial. Company says Vax is not to blame. They have Nuremberg. And won't provide any of the information to tell us. Nuremberg. 44% of pregnancies were lost during the Pfizer COVID vaccine trial. I'm going to give you a hint, Pfizer and the CDC. Just going to give you uh-huh. a quick hint on this one. Yeah. Um, we don't lose 44% of our pregnancies as a country. That doesn't effing happen. Like I said, Nuremberg. 
and, and and you want us to believe with a straight face that oh yeah no 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 vaccines were not to blame how do you know show us your proof show us your work oh wait you still haven't done that they won't respond to anybody in the media asking them questions about this they won't respond to the government they are non-responsive why think about this pat if you wanted to to Go down the road of depopulating the world. What would you do differently? What would you do differently than send out a vaccine that has high mortality rate for pregnancies? Because we don't even know how these pregnancies were or what happened. Was it they were injected? Because everybody except for eight people that were pregnant in this Pfizer trial received the vaccine at one point in time during their pregnancy. 44% of those people lost their pregnancies? Do you understand, even, even in that small subset, Pat, even in that small group of people, how rare it is for that to happen? Yeah. You, you didn't even explore the correlation? To figure out if it's causation? You didn't do that? If you wanted to go down the road to depopulation, what would you do any different? What would you do any different? I don't know that I'd do a damn thing other than make it more effective. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And I find Andrew Coppin's lack of faith disturbing in my basketball abilities. The truth hurts, Pat. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.